This is the remix. Carolina back in. It's a turnover. Vegas with the puck. Burger guides it ahead. Right side of the offensive zone. Out in a tap back. Knights will continue to kill clock. They can't get a shot off. Bluger kept it in alongside Howden. Brett works to the middle. He scores! Bluger to Howden. 4 0 Vegas. 124 to play. Go make two. Yeah, I'll give you a name for yeah. it. Yeah. It's called Corn Dog. So it's called what? Corn Dog. It's not called Corn Dog. Oh, yeah. Is it called Corn Dog? There's nothing better than a good corn dog with some mustard and, and uh, ketchup. But. He doesn't step into the huddle and say corn dog. Oh no, he says corn dog. He does. Golden Knights. Who? Knights again cut in towards the goal. Smith with Dorothea. Carlson stopped. Now a rebound. They score. Pavel Dorothea had to go off his noggin and into the goal. 4-3 Vegas. Number 16 has his first goal in the National Hockey League and you'll never see a wider smile. Just crushed my dreams. Boom, sadness, that's the one. Degenerate Danny is in studio, and you are, you are coaching your stepdaughter's volleyball team? Yes, okay. uh, yeah, this year we will be doing a competitive season. We did non-competitive last year. Okay, so you showed us the jerseys of your team. You guys are the Spiking Tigers. It, jerseys look great. Ed doesn't like them. There's like more than one font on there. He's terrified. <laughs> but more importantly, you just told Stripes. us during the break that last year or the year before, yeah, the volleyball was, uh, team was called the Chimichangas. Well, it was... Uh, not this past fall, but the one before that. So two falls ago, uh, their school team during timeouts, like at the end of timeouts, you know how normally you say one, two, three, and then your team name? Yeah. Well, they would do one, two, three, and yell chimichangas. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But this that is the... wasn't the name of the team. No, they, they were a school-sanctioned team, so they went by their school name. Yeah, that's stupid, though. But they, they were the still chanted chimichangas yeah, yeah. for every timeout. They were the chimichangas. And I think uh, we need real sports teams named the chimichangas. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Forget about the Las Vegas Aviators. They are now the Las Vegas Chimichangas. That would be a phenomenal. Fantastic name. food too. I'm a, the Aces. No, you are the Las Vegas Chimichangas. Do you like the Chimichanga? The oh yeah. The with the guac <laughs> on top. I I love. Uh, I'm not. I I like guac, but I'm not a huge guac fan. So I can't have too much, or else it. It's weird. All right, go sit down. I don't want to hear about your guac problems. Thank you for telling me about a volleyball team that chanted about chimichangas because that is uh, officially my favorite. Also, NFL free agency or the legal tampering period, well, which is just started, I think. It just started, ago. yeah, uh, at 9 o'clock our time. Uh, first off, Aaron Rodgers has not made a decision, which means both the Packers and Jets are sitting around saying, do we, do we sign somebody or are we getting Aaron Rodgers? But more importantly... Adam Schefter tweeted, when the negotiating window for free agency opens, the Texans and Raiders are expected to pursue former 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, per league sources. Jets also could get in, but they're in wait-and-see mode with Aaron Rodgers. So, Jimmy Garoppolo, a Las Vegas Raider? Familiarity uh, can come in and start right away. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. Again, I want to know what they're paying for him. It's the biggest question I think there is. What are they paying for him? If you give Garoppolo anything close to what Derek Carr got, horrible deal. 
you downgraded at quarterback and ended up paying a similar deal right. to, to what he would have gotten. I think that would be one of the dumbest things you could do. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo, because he's been injured so much and what we had Ben Brown on last week, and he said he thinks it'd be, what, $15 million? Is that the number yeah, he, he put 15. out there? If you sign Garoppolo for $15 million a season, it's fine. all right. That's... Yeah. That's a that's you know five six seven million more than what a rookie quarterback would make right. in the first round, uh, and you're getting Garoppolo's a fine quarterback in the NFL. It's just a matter of how many games you're actually going to get him for. But he's a fine quarterback, and you get him for really cheap. I think that's perfectly fine if they do that, and that's something that I would have no problem with the Raiders doing. So how high would you go? Twenty. I think twenty or less is is the number. It's if it's over twenty, you start looking around and saying. Eh. That's what are you doing there? Like you're not going to win a Super Bowl with him, so why are you paying so much? Just draft a guy and start him or something like that. Right. Bring uh, back Stidham. Yeah, but twenty or less, and I think you you say that's probably Bring in the in the right market for Jimmy Garoppolo. What the Raiders should be doing at the quarterback spot this season. If you're Garoppolo, and I and a lot of it will depend on who offers the most the money. Most money, but assuming it's equal. He would rather be here than the Texans, right? I would assume he'd rather be here. He knows these guys. And if you're the Texans, you're picking second. Obviously, you're going to pick a quarterback. The Panthers just traded up above you. You're going to pick a quarterback. Are you drafting a quarterback second and not starting him? That would be hard to believe. Yeah. That'd be hard to believe. So I guess I. <sighs> I guess technically, if you're the Texans, you could sign Garoppolo and maybe you you trade back from two and add some more assets and say, hey, we're going to try to build a good team around Garoppolo. And then two years from now, if Garoppolo's still good, great. If not, we go find our franchise quarterback after that. Maybe that just that that just seems like a weird pair to me, Garoppolo and the. I don't I don't quite get it from me. I mean, Garoppolo makes sense. Whoever's going to pay him the most, right? But. Oh, it's, you go to where you get the most right. money. But if it's if it's the same amount as the Raiders or the Jets or somebody else, that just seems like a weird pairing. If in fact Houston's going to take a quarterback, right? Because yeah, you just I can't imagine you draft a guy two and then say yeah we're going to sit you behind right. Garoppolo. Right. That would be very very weird to do. I mean, people think it's weird that the Packers took Jordan Love in the twenties and sat him behind a damn MVP, not a guy taken second overall and sitting him behind. Jimmy Garoppolo, that'd be strange. So do you think, okay, the other part of this, if you're the Raiders, are you trying to get, If you let's say they identify they want Garoppolo and whatever, the money makes sense, are you trying to get it done soon? Or are you willing to wait? What are you waiting for? What happens in the draft? Or where you could pick in the draft? Obviously, I mean, it's there, seven. There was, uh... There was a report this morning. You said that they tried to trade up to one. So Graziano said this. It's probably irresponsible to repeat this, but I didn't see it on ESPN myself. I saw a couple of people tweet. Dan Graziano said the Raiders had talked to the Bears about trading up to one. Okay. I didn't actually hear Graziano say that. Graziano didn't tweet that himself. That's just what people are saying he said on TV. Okay. But if they were willing to trade up to one... Is it safe to assume they'd be willing to trade up to two, three, four, five? Sure. Unless there's only one of these quarterbacks they They, really like. They really like. And they were like, we'll go to one for him, but we won't go to two for anybody else. So you don't have to wait for the draft, but I think you kind of 
if you're looking at the quarterback spot and let's say they are interested in trading up to get a different guy, I do think it's fair if you're the Raiders to say, well, we're interested in Garoppolo, but let's see if this deal we're talking to Arizona about or the Texans about to move up in the draft comes through because same situation. If you trade up to two, regardless of who you take, if you're the Raiders, you can't start Garoppolo over the guy you take two. So I, I wonder how quickly they would want to sign Garoppolo because this isn't it's not a must-have signing right it's not like oh if you if you get Garoppolo you're a Super Bowl contender no so I'm curious how quick or how eager they are to go get Garoppolo yeah because the other part I think you can argue if you miss on Garoppolo is it really that different to go get Jacoby Brissett is it really that different to go get Jameis Winston like I feel like if you miss on Garoppolo there are other quarterbacks that are a little bit worse, but not a huge margin. I, I'm serious about this. Am I missing something when you talk about Garoppolo and Brissett and Jameis Winston? How far away Jared Stidham is? No, I think I think you're a hundred percent right. Is he that far away and from these guys? No, I again we've seen him for two starts, right? But, but no, I don't think so. I and the other part of Jared Stidham is maybe just because we haven't seen him in a lot, there is probably more upside. Yeah. Like, there I is... Think they sort of the know what they have. Right. There's, a, there's yeah. a sliver. It's not a big percentage, but there's like a 2% chance Stidham plays himself and he's, hey, a top 15 quarterback, top 12 quarterback in the league, whereas Garoppolo is, what, the 15, 16th right. best guy in the league. Winston hasn't started in two years or something, so... He's not in the top 15. Like, there is a chance Stidham's better than all of those guys, even though we haven't seen very much of him. I, I think he's you're, not going to cost you 20. I think you're 100% I think. right. Like, I don't think. If, now, if you're his agent, you say you're starter. Right. I think you're if you're. want money. I think it would make a lot more sense for the Raiders to re sign Jarrett Stidham for what's a good whatever. number? 10 million, right. 15, even if it's 15, whatever. Re sign Jarrett Stidham. And draft a quarterback, yes, literally anywhere in the draft. I don't yes. even mean with seven or in the first round. I think I think they'd be in a better situation if they re-signed Stidham and they took Max Duggan in, in the round, third round or four, fourth round, right, or Hendon Hooker if he goes in the second or wherever right. he's going to go. I think that would be a better situation than getting Garoppolo, Mayfield, or Winston, and then whatever you do in the draft because. You're not going to be a Super Bowl contender with Garoppolo, Winston, or Mayfield. I mean, you're not going to be one with Stidham either. But. Yeah, but if you draft a guy, if you get a guy in the first round, obviously that guy could be good. It's very rare that a non-first-round quarterback becomes a star, but maybe Hendon Hooker's really good for a few years. But you're just giving yourself a couple of chances at a really good quarterback with Stidham in a second-round pick. Low chances. But with Garoppolo, Mayfield, and Winston, we know what they are. Right. So I, I think you're 100% right. Stidham and, I would, and any rookie would be better. We've said it. I'd, re, I'd re-sign Stidham. And I don't know why that hasn't been, I guess, at least we're just reading reports. Maybe behind the scenes it is. But I don't know why it hasn't been brought up more for Jared Stidham. It hasn't. It's been Garoppolo. Who are they going to sign? Who are they going to draft? And Stidham's kind of out there in the outlayer where not a lot of people have talked about him. Yeah. Stidham, Stidham's the perfect bridge quarterback to me. Yeah. Like, yes. 
Dave Ziegler gave those quotes about we might not find the long-term answer to quarterback this offseason. And I feel like Stidham's just a much better option for you because, again, you're not winning the Super Bowl with any of these quarterbacks. No. You're not. You're probably fourth in your division with any of these quarterbacks, to be completely honest. So why spend any significant money when you have Jared Stidham sitting around? Like, if if... If Jimmy Garoppolo is highly sought after because they're familiar with him and maybe he knows the system. Well, so does Jared Stidham. Right. So he's, he's familiar with them. He and he's the probably system. more familiar because he was actually right. here with these Last players. Year. Not with, hey, he was in New England six years ago or however long it's right. been since Jimmy G was there. I don't know. It's just a they're in a weird quarterback spot where they don't they can't guarantee themselves one of the first round quarterbacks, but they also aren't getting Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, right. and the the other choices are Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield Jacoby and Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett. So I don't know. Bring on Jarrett Stidham. He yeah. took that one hit against the Niners and threw the touchdown to Devontae Adams. Let's see that for seventeen. He won't survive if he does that, but let's see that for <laughs> seventeen games. You bring the whole you bring the whole New England crew. You bring in Stidham, Garoppolo, Brissett, Brian Hoyer. Oh, He's yeah? a free agent, yeah. And then uh, you just trade like Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones is available. We've you saw what he can do. Get stiff armed into the ground. Like you just bring the whole. If anyone has talked to Tom Brady at some point, <laughs> Gazelle, like bring them all in. Do you? What position does Gronk coach? Is he the quarterback coach? I think he's in charge of the daycare center. Oh, okay. Wait, is he in charge of it or is he in it? I think he's. I yes. think he would be a good activities director. Would a teammate drop their kid off knowing Gronk is going to watch them for the next four hours? That kid on the drive home would be like, and then he invented a game <laughs> where if we weren't allowed to use our hands, but we had to like just use our heads to like hit a ball. I don't think Daniel Carlson would practice kicking for an entire season if Gronk was there. He and AJ Cole would just talk to Gronk for the entirety of practice. If Gronk was a special team, if Gronk was just around somewhere, they would just be like, "Do we need to? No, we don't need to practice. Let's go talk to Gronk and see if he could wrestle us without his entire arm and if he could beat us." They bring the New England clan. Maybe they better bring Belichick. No, that guy's washed. He's a bum. (laughs) He needs Brady. He can't do anything. Unbelievable. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Speaking as an extremely clever person, I feel a bit personally attacked by the concept of an evil genius. Anti-intellectualism is rife in the world today, encouraged no small amount by a media concerned that their advertisers' claims that their breakfast cereal induces hallucinogenic bliss in woodland creatures might not hold up to rigorous academic study. Bischoff's Briefs. Well, let's see how far your f- street smarts and common sense get you when you need someone to figure out how to turn a city-sized clod of oceanic waste plastic into drinkable water and hospital-grade insulin. Bischoff's Briefs. Just because I'm smarter than everyone else doesn't mean I look down on people. Someone has to make my sandwiches. Just because I can envision a vastly more efficient society with myself as absolute dictator doesn't mean I want to go to that amount of trouble. Just because I ordered the installation of an oubliette in my basement doesn't mean I have sinister intentions for it. Bischoff's Briefs. So stop asking questions and get your jackhammer out. Somehow over the weekend, we got more John Morant stories. Plural, too. Multiple John Morant stories. First off, a brand new incident from September, but new to us publicly. John Morant 
um, was not charged with anything, but was part of a group that was investigated by police for threatening a high school girl. So I'll read from TMZ's story. According to a Germantown Police Department report, the interaction between the teenager and Memphis Grizzlies point guard happened at Houston High School in Tennessee on September 22nd around 7 p.m. In the documents, police say at an after-school volleyball game, Morant's sister, who attends Houston High School, got into a verbal argument with another student. Witnesses on the scene, according to the docs, told officers both parties had called each other bleep, prompting Jaw's sister to contact Jaw about it. A short time later, cops say Jaw, Jaw's mom and dad, Jaw's baby daughter, and a group of adult males all came into the gym together. According to the documents, most of the group, excluding Jaw Morant's father, went to confront the student in the stands at the game who had been quarreling with Jaw's sister. Which one of y'all called her a bleep? Jaw's mother allegedly said. Cops say in the documents that they told Jaw's mother she cannot come upstairs and confront the students and they did not need to make a scene at the school. But officers say while they were talking, one of the men with Jaw Morant moved past police and walked towards students. Witnesses on the scene said the man slapped a phone out of a student's hand who had been attempting to take a picture of Jaw Morant in the stands and then said, I don't care about none of that. I will beat y'all's ass. A witness later said that the man was about to pull a gun, though cops on the scene said in the documents they never observed a firearm during the incident. Police say eventually everyone left the gym without further problems. Why is this mother always called into situations? <laughs> Wasn't she called at the mall? Or yes. She, she was at the mall and she called Ja. So we had over the summer and then into the fall... Ja Morant's mom arguing with a finish line employee called Ja Morant and then Ja Morant's sister arguing with a student at her school called Ja Morant. So this family, when they get into any sort of verbal argument, calls the Ja Morant rolls up. and not just Ja Morant shows up, he comes with like 10 other guys. Well, that's okay. That's just standard operating procedure. If you get called like, hey, something's about to go down. You go get your dudes. With a 17-year-old girl at Houston High School or with a finish line employee? You go get your dudes. He slapped, not John Moran, but one of his dudes slapped the cell phone out of a random student's hands. Shouldn't have been starting anything. What? So my genuine question, how many times has this happened that has not been... A police oh. report filed. Every day we get something new. How many times has a John Morant family member argued with somebody and called John Morant and his 10 friends to show up and fight him? Unbelievable. John Morant's family is brutal for him. Yes. This yes. is brutal for him. Family and the dudes he hangs out with. Right. Because they're going to beat you all you know what. How are you all getting into this many arguments and calling John mm -hmm. Morant to come back? Intimidate them? Intimidate people? Unreal that that keeps happening for John Moran's family, or was happening until then. Like, I said it jokingly last week. John Morant needs to go Aaron Rodgers. He needs to not talk to his family. Go in the darkness? Yes. Jo Aaron Rodgers does not like his family. They don't like him back. Right. John Morant would probably be better off if that happened, because his family's unbelievable. They're like, do you know who my... I How many times have they said, do you know who my brother or oh, son yeah, is? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Had to have said that Had hundreds to have said of that times. A million times. 
unreal. Now, the other John Morant story, uh, which is a fun one here. The New York Post got this story. John Morant spent $50,000 in tips at the Colorado Strip Club, Shotgun Willie's. He went to Shotgun Willie's twice in one road trip. He went on the first night they got into Denver, and then he went after they lost the game to the Denver Nuggets on the trip. The second time is apparently when he pulled out a gun on Instagram Live. The owner of Shotgun Willie's said John Morant did not drink on his second visit. If you remember, the specific detail was that in Colorado, despite being an open carry state, it is against the law to have a to carry a gun while consuming alcohol. Right, right. So that's the key detail there. She said, well, he came to the strip club but didn't drink. Pulled a gun out, but he didn't drink while he was here. <laughs> um, but the fun part of this story is that the owner of the strip club was quoted multiple times in the New York Post and presumably sold pictures to the New York Post of John Morant at the strip club. Because there is a picture of John Morant getting a lap lap dance in a room and cash is covering every surface of the room. The floors, the couches, the tables. There There are dollar bills covering the entire room and John Morant's getting a lap dance. The owner sold those photos to the New York Post. I mean, I don't think she's, I don't think she's doing bad for her club. She's probably like, look who we have here. You come on over here, you might see a star. You might see a star basketball player. Well, hold on, hold on. What is more important? Okay, if that's why you're going to the strip club, you're going for the wrong right. reasons, Ed. What is more important as a strip club owner to have random people like Jared know that he <laughs> could see? You're welcome. <laughs> Know that he could see famous athlete there, or to protect the privacy of the famous athletes that go well, there. She doesn't care about protecting the privacy. She's being quoted in stories right. and, and so, sending pictures of him getting lap. Like dances. I feel like this was a stupid move on her part. I don't know. She's getting a lot of uh, she's getting a lot of uh, publicity for shotgun willies. Right, but if I'm <laughs> an athlete, if I play for another NBA team, and I'm like, ah, oh, we're going to Denver. Let's go to the strip club. Like, well, I'm not going there. They're going to put my picture out, and they're going to sell it to the New York Post. Then everybody's going to know I got a lap dance while there's 50000 in cash on the floor. Did you see Des Bryant basically make that argument? Did he say that? He basically was just like, well, we got we to gotta respect people's privacies. This is just wrong. <laughs> it's just like, maybe, maybe don't go to the strip club, but now, all right, fair enough. The important part of this story, though, the writer of this story in the New York Post uh, deserves some sort of award. I don't know Pilcher. what it is, but he deserves maybe a Nobel Peace Prize. Because in this story, he called the strip club a jiggle joint, which is one of the funniest phrases I've ever heard in my life. He also said John Morant went on a two-day booty bender, also phenomenal. And then my favorite, he called John Morant a grizzly-turned horn dog. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. I could barely keep the details of the story straight because every five sentences was something like that. And I'm like, what did he say? Phenomenal job by this writer. I don't know what award he deserves, but he deserves all of them for using those phrases in this story. Ed, how do you feel about the state of journalism with uh, Jiggle Joint and We Paid for the Story? (laughs) Worth it in this scenario. Worth it. They got those photos and got to use the phrase grizzly turned horn dog. 
Are oh, we gonna? Man. Can we name the new NBA team in Vegas the Las Vegas Horn Dogs? <laughs> I mean, I kind of hope that we they do the Raiders do sign Jimmy Garoppolo, so that way Ed is like, I'm staking out Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, Lindsey Brown. What was the message that you had to Draymond? That's what I do. I talk. And, you know, I told him, I told I, I told him that, um, you know, keep that mic. Keep that mic. He's better at the mic than pooping. You know what I'm saying? So keep doing his podcast. Keep blogging. Keep doing his thing off the court. You know, it's cute. It's fun for him. That was an impressive showing tonight. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You should give the mic to Draymond. Man, talk about me. What was that? Make him keep talking about me so I can play better. Grainy and Bischoff are back on the Press Box. Featuring All-American Lindsey Brown. Hey, All-American Lindsey Brown joins us now. Good morning, Lindsey. Hey, kid. Good morning. Uh, Do you think we should start calling all strip clubs jiggle joints? I mean, you got to keep the legal name just for the important documents, right? But you, you can have nicknames. What, okay. what, what brings it up? What, uh, oh, so, what a Monday topic to start with. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. So the New York Post had the story on John Morant going to the strip club in Colorado, and the writer of that story produced the greatest work of his life because he called a strip club a jiggle joint. He said John Morant went on a two-day booty bender, and he called John Morant a grizzly-turned-horn-dog. Oh, <laughs> well, that is quite a mouthful of words, but I mean, I'm kind of sketched out. Did you guys see that they, they released the photos yeah. of him oh, in yeah. a private room? Yeah. That's, that's really sketchy to me. That should not happen. Right. Like, a, lot of, a lot of money around that table. Right. Well, this- whatever. That is, that's his pl- He's paying for that privacy, is he not? Like, I would be really thrown off by the fact that he released those photos or whoever released. I don't I don't know who it was. They got paid for it is what is what happened oh, yeah. there. Yeah, money talks, I it suppose. Does. It does. So yeah. Jiggle Joints is the new name of all strip clubs and Grizzly Turned Horn Dog is gonna be the new name of the Las Vegas team when we get one. Um, <laughs> also important, did you hike up to where our radio towers are on the top of a mountain over the weekend? I did. I did that yesterday, and guys, I am humbled. I am so sore right now because I took a spill on the way down, and oh, my whole left leg. I'm actually kind of surprised it's not more bruised up than it than uh, I kind of hypothesized because when I was in college, I had bruises like all over my body, and I was playing hockey at the time. And you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. And they kept testing me for anemia because they're like, this isn't normal. This isn't normal, and so. I would get these really random bruises on me, and I figured yesterday I took such a hard spill, like this, my whole leg's going to be messed up. It turns out just because I'm super sensitive because of the tism, but regardless, we are uh, limping on both sides today. So is this the second spill you've taken recently? Because I thought you took one off Two out of three. Two out of three. We're not a great percentage right now, considering that I don't have health insurance. Maybe I should dial it back a little bit, but I'm not. (laughs) I feel like when you go hiking, you're not supposed to fall and have near-death experiences. I I feel like that's very true. I had a great track record for a while, but I was, you know, walking downhill is a lot more dangerous than walking uphill. And I just had a rock slip out right from under me. And I just, I fell directly on about four stones. And so I have a bruise on my high thigh, a bruise on my mid thigh, and then a bruise down on my, uh, on my calf, so it's it's pretty gnarly. Haven't you learned anything? It's called a lower body injury. 
Yeah, well, no, I'm not uh, special enough to have anything. I'm going to be in the office today, guys. I'm going to persevere <laughs> through the adversity. Don't you worry. Yeah. You know, day-to-day proposition. We've got a fan in the studio now. I hear it. Is yeah, it for some, it? some white noise? It's calming. My anxiety is high this morning, so maybe it'll help. Oh, you're welcome. I, it was unintentional, but I guess that is helpful. All right. Here's a hockey question for you. Since I'm going to give you some stats too, by the way. Since okay. the All-Star break, the Golden Knights have the third best save percentage in the NHL. They have used five different goalies in that span. And Yuri Patera has the worst save percentage of those five. And he's still at 909 in his first career NHL start. What is it about the Golden Knights in front of their goaltender that has made it kind of irrelevant who the actual goalie has been over the last month or so? Well, I think it's twofold because you have the forwards taking on an additional responsibility through the middle of the ice. So it's real, a lot harder for, for the opposition to get in the slot, to get those wide open looks that yield high percentage shots and eventually goals. And then if you look at the defensemen, they don't chase very often. That's the tenet of, of Bruce Cassidy's system is staying, you know, intact and, and really just boxing people out. And so when you have at least one of those guys in front, especially when the puck is on the strong side, you're not going to see those backdoor plays. And they're clearing out rebounds in front, which is great as well. It's super helpful, especially for someone like me as a former netminder. Sometimes those rebounds get a little bit bobbled and, and it pops out in the area that you shouldn't. But you have those defense that are aware of that. They're able to, to, to shoot it away. And, and to make sure that you're disrupting guys. You just want to make sure that, that your opposition in front of the net doesn't have a clean look. They have to work hard for it. And I think that's what this defensive core, especially now that you have Shea Theodore playing as well as he is, and you have Zach Whitecloud back in the lineup, that just was really missing during that, that downtime of the season. And so I, I think it's a direct reflection of a commitment to that system. And then you have goaltenders that are doing their job. And so it's, it's, a, it's a great kind of sliver to see especially as they're making their way through this tough road trip here. When we learned today, Patera has some kind of lower body injury that nobody knew about because no one <laughs> Are saw you him get hurt. Me? No, no, no. Uh, he doesn't yet. No, not he yet. doesn't. No, oh it's just God. expected. No, that. we just expected. Uh, would we take you or Millsy as the next one up? Oh, I think Millsy, considering my recent track record with the ground, I mean, and, and Millsy, Millsy's actually playing. Doesn't he suit up for practice once in a while? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think he I plays a once a week. I've been on for at least three years, and I don't think I'm ever going to again, and it's really sad. Oh. Well, you don't, just put, him on in your, you don't just put him on in your room every now and then and go down into the butterfly? What kind of apartment do you think I have? I don't got a room for goalie equipment in this economy. <laughs> like, it's up in Minnesota. And so I... I'm honestly nervous if I were ever to put it back on that I would probably tear something because my brain would just be like, play goalie the way you always have. Like, let's do this split. Let's make sure we get to save. And <laughs> my body's just not built to withstand that anymore. Uh, did you see Yuri Patera, who is from the Czech Republic, say that he was going to call his parents back in the Czech Republic after his game, even though it was 2.45 in the morning there? I love that for him. I, I would, too. I mean, you know, your first NHL start... You get a win against a team that is very lost right now in the St. Louis Blues. At least they fought back. I, I was impressed with the fact that they fought back a little bit yesterday. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. That's a really long road for everybody, not just those who make it all the way up into the NHL level. And so to call the people that made a lot of sacrifices for you, enabled you to become the person you are today, uh, how can you not respect them, even if it's at 3 in the morning? 
I wouldn't have answered. Nothing happened. Nothing good happened. Well, after. well we no, all nothing, know nothing, about nothing where, good you're, happens. where you stand with Nothing good at. happens after midnight. Okay. Nothing good happens okay. after midnight. Are you kidding me? When you were a goalie, did anyone ever score off a helmet against you? Uh, I probably. I mean, there's just so much stuff that can happen. I've been scored on by my own teammates. I've been <laughs> where, where they're trying to block shots and then. It goes in off of their stuff. I've been purposely scored on by my teammates because we were winning by so much. But it's uh, sometimes those games that just kind of get out of hand. And that, I think, was Jordan Bennington yesterday where nothing can go right for you. It was such a square-on joint as well. Like, it was just, like, right off the, the, the temple, or not the temple, the forehead there. And so, you know, yeah, you take what you can get at that level, but... Man, those are those are tough days when it's just like, oh great, I even get scored on off a guy's face. Would you prefer your first NHL goal to be scored off your face like Pavel Dorofeyev yesterday, or have like an actual nice, you know, breakaway made a nice move and scored? Which one is a better first career goal? I feel like off the face is a better story. Yes. Oh, that's and, right. And that's right. I wanted the one on one. Well, whatever. I mean, you can you got plenty of time to score pretty goals in the NHL, but you're always going to remember your first one and be like, yeah, the first time I scored, it went right off the shots. Like, it was hilarious. Right. It, it's, it's a good story. That's right. That's what it should be. Um, all right. Uh, I look forward to Jonathan Quick posting three straight shutouts because the Golden Knights uh, have good goaltendings regardless of who's in there. Uh, and Lindsey Brown will be here to make sure I'm aware that Jonathan Quick is good at goalie again. Uh, thanks, Lindsey. Thanks, Lindsey. Of course. Have a great week, guys. So there's Lindsey Brown on um, hiking problems and hockey. Two which, out of three taking the spills. Yeah. At what point do you just retire from hiking? <laughs> like it's not. It can't be that fun of an activity if every time you get hurt. I don't think it's fun. Period. Even if you don't get hurt, it sounds terrible. It's a terrible way to spend your time. I was thinking, would my parents be awake at two forty-five a.m.? I think my dad would want to be, but he'd hundred percent fall asleep in an intermission. And my mom would probably make it through the game and then go to sleep and be like, oh, you wanted to talk to me? So I don't I think... I saw you play. I don't think I'd get to talk to either one of them afterwards. Yeah, 2.45. I mean, if it's my kid and it's on the, uh, the whole uh, phone here with the ID, I'd have to answer. Because it's not good at that point. <laughs> yeah, actually. It's not good. It's not good. As the person who's called at 245, <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not good. The parent is normally worried and not happy. Right. It's not good at 245. <laughs> so you are, you, your phone rings at 245, it actually wakes you up? And it's one of my kids? No, I'm just saying, like, because if my phone rings at 245, it doesn't wake me up. Like, I wouldn't even know somebody called no, me. No, I have it on vibrate, but my wife who they would call first anyway because they don't trust me to do anything worthwhile. Uh, Dad, has, I need an Uber. Call your mom. Yeah, she has it on Ringer for this exact yeah. for this exact point. Yeah. She has it on Ringer in case something happens or they need to get to us or something like that. Mine's on Vibrate, which, again, they're like, who's in charge there? Let's call mom. Say, my fiance's dad, one of the greatest things about him, answers his phone every single time, specifically in case... His kids got kidnapped, and this is their one chance to get a right. call in. Because right. it'll be, it'll you'll call him, and he'll answer, and you'll start talking to him, and he'll be like, "Hey, I, I'm in a meeting," and he will, still won't hang up. But you'll be like, "Oh, you're in a meeting. Well, do your meeting. Right. Like, what do you? Don't talk to me. I'm just asking about dinner on Thursday." Right. He's great about that. He will always answer his phone just in case something happens. Even, and but not at, not necessarily even two forty five. It can be two forty five p.m. And he's going to answer the phone and think that, oh, are you alive? Yes. Is basically the answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So all parents, 
<laughs> is it bad that I think that my mom will still be up from the night before at 2.45 and my dad will be waking up because he's like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> we got tickets to give away to go see Luke Bryan. He is playing uh, his residency at Resorts World Theater, and we got two tickets for his show on March 24th. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number if you want to go see Luke Bryan. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Be caller number nine right now. And it gets even worse when you learn that in Mississippi last year, of roughly 190,000 children living in poverty, just 2,600 were receiving money from TANF. Well, remember, of the roughly one Brett Favre's in Mississippi, 100% of them managed to get $5 million for this <laughs> volleyball stadium. It's enough to make you want to see Brett Favre hitting the nuts with a football. And the good news is, I can actually help you there. He was on the practice field <laughs> this week and got hit in the not-so-friendly area. Oh, it takes him all the way down. Good. I'm glad that happened. And by the way, kudos to the local news team for adding the boing sound effect there. Excellent journalism. You're locked in the press box. It was excellent journalism. We should we should have boing sound effects when we talk about. Well, we don't talk that much about people getting hit in the nuts. No. <laughs> Christian Pulisic did. That's the last time I can remember us having a significant. And he claimed, "No, I didn't." He did. He did say that was even all, though we all saw. We did see. He it. definitely. He definitely did get hit there. Um, yeah. So NFL free agency is here. This is a. This might be the best week of sports. NCAA tournament starts. We get the NFL NCAA tournament agency. first weekend. We have the World Baseball Classic going on. NFL free agency is here. You can watch Champions League soccer this week as well. And you get non-sports in NFL free agency, like not actual events. You and forget, you also have the NBA and NHL. The XFL. I think this might be the best week of sports. Got whatever's going on with Draymond and Dylan Brooks. Yeah, those like, two don't yeah. like each other. Hopefully they keep talking to the media on a daily basis and yelling at each other. I mean, every other. day we're going to get a John Morant news story. That too. Who knows what his... He's calling his mother for today. Yeah, who does his daughter him. try to fight? Or his daughter. Who does his sister try to... He does have a daughter. She's like two or something. Hopefully she's <laughs> and not... And by the way, they showed up with her too. Right. They brought her they to brought the volleyball the, they game brought, like, to fight. They brought, to fight. They brought a toddler and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> and slapped the phone out of a kid's hands. Uh, yeah, so phenomenal week of sports. I'm excited for all of it. Yeah. Do I have to go places? Can I do the show from home this week, Jared? Now oh, we got to go to the Westgate on Thursday. They got a lot of TVs. And though. Friday. They got a lot of TVs. I just need a TV. Drink at all specials time. and uh, the whole driving things are real pain this week. Driving here and driving there. Yeah, just let me sit at home for clean feet an entire week. Clean feet guy. Yeah, I know the Champions League starts in the middle of the day. NFL free agency. Hell, is, there's World Baseball Classic. I think there's games on right now still. Is clean Do you feed to... available in this studio? <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> actually, yes. Yes, it is. But I don't want you guys on clean feed. <laughs> what I was going to say is, why don't we just get you guys a room at the Westgate? You do your show, and then you just sit in the Westgate. There's a ton of TVs. Tyler can watch all 900. Is there, is there a bed? Can we get a bed set up, too? Well, I think it's a hotel, believe it or not. Yeah, but then I have to leave the sports book to go to the hotel room. But you don't have That's to what drive. I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> Mark Davis still live there? Did he sell his house? Well, he built the new one. He built the... Or he is building Didn't the, I see the a story? One. He sold his house? 
Uh, yeah, but I think he's got the new one going up, right? He sold the where one. he was living, yeah. and now he's moving into the I house think, he I built think, to look like his practice yes, facility? exactly. I think okay. that's what's going on. The one that he, he was building it in Summerlin and then said, wait, I can't see the practice facility from here. <laughs> so he said, stop, I'm going to build it over where I can see the practice facility from my front door. That's a weird thing, right? You don't want to actually see your job from where you work. Uh, I can't see mine. I can't either, thankfully. <laughs> and if I lived close to around here, I wouldn't tell any of you. I'd be like, no, I live far away. Yeah, I, it's I a wouldn't. pain to get here. I get here 18 minutes. 18 to 20, depending. You know you know how I am with red lights. I hit everyone. I hit everyone. Hopefully you're light. hopefully that means you're stopping and you're not physically hitting the light pole. No, exactly. No, <laughs> Gotta clarify no. with you over here. Know, you might be running through the it light is pole. Me, so. <laughs> you're genuinely the only person I know that I'd like I'd rather him be texting and driving. <laughs> <laughs> it might make, make you it better? more alert. <laughs> That would make it better. Ed's gonna take you to some court hearing when he gets a ticket for texting. It's like, wait a minute, people I know think I'm a better driver when I'm texting. Your Honor, I'm just keeping everybody safe around me. Oh, which reminds me, I gotta go to jury duty next month. God, I'm not looking forward to that. You could get one and done. I've gotten one and done a couple times where you call the night before and they're like, "We don't want you." Hopefully, that's what I'm hoping for. But like, God, I don't want to do that. Just. Basically, go in and be like, I read, I read every newspaper, especially the crime beat. I'm, a, I'm really, really tuned in, and all these, and everyone is guilty. <laughs> we need to bring back corporal punishment. Oh yeah, sure you did something. Bring something to read. I've never done it. Do they take my phone? You asked that before, and I'm trying to remember if I, because if it, I had my phone in there, it was very weird. The the summons that I got. Right. It has like some rules on there. It's yeah. like prepare to be there until five and it's like you get a lunch break and we'll pay you if you're there three days or longer. Like I think it's forty bucks a day. But one of the rules was you can bring a book or magazine to read, but you cannot bring a local newspaper. Okay. Like yeah. if I show up with the review journal, no. they're gonna snipe me down or right. something like that. But if I'm not allowed to bring a local newspaper, there's no way I'm allowed to have my phone because guess what I can get on my phone? The local newspaper. Or anything. Right. So surely they take your phone. If they're going to swat the review journal out of my hand, what do I be like? Ah, I got it on my phone, suckers. I'm trying to remember, and I don't remember, and I've been on jury duty a handful of times. Uh, every time I always just bring a Game Boy. I just oh, sit I have there. a Game Boy. I, just sit there. I am going to take a Game Boy. That's a good idea. I have one still. It's a good toy. Although to bring. I did miss when they called me up one time to like double check some piece of paperwork because I was just like, I'm on the Elite Four. Yeah, Sorry. That's right. I was, I was doing some stuff. <laughs> oh, when they called your number? Yeah. That's right. Got important things to do. I'm not looking forward to this at all. I don't want to do my civic duty. Is this your first time? Yes. Not looking but forward to it. But you do get a call it. the night before. Yeah. Well, I got to call them. Yeah, and see yeah. if I go in or not. And they say numbers 1 through 85 come. If you're a number beyond that, you don't have to come. Do I have a number? Yeah. Look on your summons. Oh, boy. Yeah, you've got a number. I don't like this at all. You've got a is number. The, is the lunch any good when I go? 